Hey, good morning. Welcome to Crocker and Cone. That's Eric Crocker. I'm Grant Cone. Been a few weeks since we linked up. I was in Colorado Springs in Mexico City. He was well, out in Phoenix at a at one of your son's basketball. What happened? Basketball tournament? Yeah, I was in, yeah, I was in Phoenix at, uh, at my son's basketball game. How'd he do? He did cool. He did cool. He turned <clears> the ball <throat> over a little too much. Uh, he had to get a little stronger. <laughs> you, know, you know, the tough thing with having a kid playing sports, especially like yeah. me, because I like, you know, evaluate talent. Pretty You're a professional training. athlete, yeah. Training yeah. athletes and all that. Yeah. The first thing I look for are the things that he needs to improve on, as opposed to the things that he does well. So, That's so uh, I think there was a lot of things that he, you know, he did well. He scored, had some um, strong takes to the bucket. But, uh, you know, he, he get a little stronger, get that dribble down a little bit. I think dribble's a little too high. That's uh, hella funny. And some of the fundies, but yeah, but he he's doing good though. When I was a kid, uh, and I asked my dad like how I played in the game, he'd be like, "You were great, sweetie," and that was my coaching point for my dad. So that's why I turned out to be a professional athlete because he was so supportive. All right, so there's news: Jimmy Garoppolo not going to injured reserve. This is kind of surprising considering when Kyle Shanahan's been asked about this, he's like, "There's like a really low outside chance that he'll come back." But John Lynch was asked about it today on the radio, and he was like. I mean, you know, not going on IR. Sure, there's an outside chance, but it seems like they're leaving the door open. How do you interpret this? I think the outside chance is how deep the 49ers can go in the playoffs. Because if you're yeah. saying, hey, divisional round, all of a sudden Jimmy's good, and, and you happen to be there, right, uh, then, yeah, you're, you're in a much better place. Now, I think the outside chance part is maybe if you feel like, man, it's going to be tough just to get there with a mm-hmm. rookie quarterback and – you know, how much is on Kyle's shoulders and making sure that he puts this young guy in the right positions to win. Because now, you know, b- before the season, obviously you have expectations for the year, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's Trey Lance or whatever, it's like, oh, man, like Super Bowl's the expectations. You're like, oh, I got temper your expectations. Guy in his first year started, et cetera. Well, now you're here. You're one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, you're hitting stride at the right time. Five game winning streak. Well. You take a huge blow losing Jimmy Garoppolo and just kind of that veteran leadership, and then you have to insert a young guy. And now – you know, you still try to temper your expectations, but then you can't because you're in the thick of it. You're in the thick of mm-hmm. being the best team in the NFL. So uh, I, I think that's probably the, the dilemma that Kyle is dealing with. Uh, you know, how far can we go? Take it one one day at a time, week by week. And I think maybe if you take that approach down the line, Jimmy Caroppolo can uh, potentially make a return. I, I would say this, put it, not putting him on IR really helps because, you know, you can put a guy on IR and then bring him back come playoff time. But they only have two designations available and i think they're saving that for elijah right. mitchell and javon and so i think that's probably even the bigger reason as to why jimmy won't be going on ir uh yes <clears throat> tom pelicero also came out this morning and said if he does come back jimmy garoppolo he could like suit up as the backup but again this is all fluid it could change it seems to me like the big uh outcome here is that now there's more pressure on kyle let me tell you what i mean when Jimmy goes down and, and they just go with Brock and Josh Johnson, they're basically like, look, this is what we had to do. These guys know our offense. This is the only move we can do. We like Brock. But, I mean, if we don't win the Super Bowl, you can't necessarily hold it against us. There was no choice in the matter. But now it's like, no, there's a choice. At a certain point, Kyle's going to have to make a decision, probably at a playoff game, who gives me a better chance to win, Jimmy coming off a two-week, two-month layoff or Brock Purdy? And... I don't know. That's a choice he has to make. I don't know if we can make the right choice. And we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there. But still, that puts a lot of pressure on Kyle. If Jimmy Garoppolo is standing there healthy on the sideline and he goes with Brock and they get blown out in the playoffs, he has to answer for that. So that's interesting. 
I'll say that regardless, I feel like the players in the locker room will respect the decision if he was to go back sure. to Jimmy Garoppolo because they love Jimmy. So, you know, it is not a uh, Trey Lance situation, right, where Jimmy's playing bad or, and then, oh, we're going to insert Trey Lance and he's the young guy who doesn't have any equity built up on his roster. It's like, no, nah, if, if, you know, Brock Purdy's doing cool and, okay, you're mm-hmm. there, getting Jimmy Garoppolo to a lot of the players will probably be a boost because of how they yeah. feel. So I don't think it would like you know as far as like the pressure of that yeah. that situation, uh, you know if it pertains That's true. itself, I I don't think it'd be an issue amongst the guys in the locker room. That's true. It definitely seemed like it was the popular move. Like Brandon Ayuk came out and said they're rocking with Brock Purdy, and it seemed like Kyle Shanahan did what the players want. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right move. And I think another thing that puts pressure on Kyle is what Baker Mayfield did last night. Like the Niners made a big deal about. We're not even interested. He couldn't possibly learn our offense. Plus, we got Brock. And the Rams are like, so they, they never would have got Brock uh, Baker Mayfield because the, the Rams right. were ahead of him. But still, they didn't even put in a claim. And they were real out, outward about not wanting him. So he goes in, two days of work, plays well, wins. And it's like, ugh, you didn't want him? He, you, you didn't even give him a chance? And, and you're riding with these two guys because they know your system? Did you really go out and find the best quarterbacks possible because you have a Super Bowl window right now? And I feel like the Niners are just kind of setting themselves up for like, hey, man, you know, we lost the second round of the playoffs, but what do you want from us? I mean, Jimmy got hurt. Okay, well, you didn't want Baker. You didn't call Drew Brees. You didn't, like, uncover every stone. You just went with the guys who knew you, and you knew. So, I don't know. Anyway, I think pressure's mounting on Kyle. It's better work because they didn't really exactly do an an exhaustive search for a quarterback. I thought it was an interesting move to at all. Like, just we're not even going to entertain, or maybe they entertained it and had those conversations in the house. We don't know. But not putting in the claim, even though you weren't going to get them, but not even that being like, all right, we're going to be more aggressive in this. Maybe they just really like Brock so much. And to me, it's not even so much about Brock. It's about what's behind Brock, right? Because so far what we've seen is 49er quarterbacks get injured. And that's been the case the whole time. Even if you go back to... How did how did Jimmy Garoppolo get in the game against Seattle late in that game in 2017? It was an injury to CJ Beathard. Correct. The next year, how did Nick Jimmy Mullins might never have played that year if CJ hadn't gotten right. hurt? I don't think Kyle wanted to play him, so keep going. <laughs> the, the the next year, how did Nick Mullins play? Oh, there was an injury to CJ Beathard. Well, how was CJ Beathard playing? There was an injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. So they have to deal with a lot of injuries really throughout this tenure, and to say, all right, we like Brock. That's awesome. I thought Brock played extremely well. Uh, you know, coming off the bench. No uh, reps during the week. Uh, you know, there were some weird moments. There's going to be the weird moments, right? Like, mm-hmm. you'd expect that, not having the timing down, no game plan for you, et cetera. But considering the circumstances, I thought he played awesome, right? Now, okay, you can like that. That's cool. But what if he goes down? And I think you just, like, with the luck or bad luck that you've had at the quarterback position, I think you have to really take that into consideration. And you also have to take into consideration, what if Brock – might not be good because we, we've seen that too, right? I just talked right. about Nick Mullins. How did he mm-hmm. get his first start? Well, C.J. Beathard's going down. What had happened? Nick Mullins threw for three touchdowns, looked amazing, lit up the Raiders, and then like lost the next four or five games or whatever it was. So It might have been the we, best statistical debut ever. It was really right. great. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We've seen that. So I, I, yeah. I understand the optimism with Brock Purdy from the fan base and from the organization, but – I, I would have liked to see more of a, if you have an opportunity, which they, clearly now we know they didn't, but they didn't put in the claim to get a guy like Baker Mayfield, who people, I guess they talk about him like he's kind of this village idiot and he's just this terrible quarterback. 
But, you know, I always look at context. I always look at context. Yeah. When you look at the context of Baker Mayfield in the situations, he came in for an injured Tyrod Taylor, looked awesome, finished his rookie year strong. I want to say he might have even broke uh, Peyton Manning's touchdown record uh, for a rookie quarterback. You yep. know, a couple years later, after they fired Kitchens, you see him in the playoffs. He's leading his team to the playoffs, winning the playoff game, right? So you have that as well. And, you know, then after that, you had the weird kind of dynamic with Odell Beckham and everything that happened there. And then last year, he played with a torn rotator cuff, and everybody held that against him. And then they're like, ah, well, we kind of like this guy, Deshaun Watson, so we're just going to get rid of you. You know, yeah. like, so there have been a lot of different things that put him in the scenario that he's in now. But... He's not this terrible quarterback that everybody makes him out to be. And I think last night, going in, two days worth of practice or whatever, you know, but just seeing mm-hmm. the ball, you know, him, some of the balls that are popping out of his hands, there were some bad throws. I think a lot of it had to do with timing, but yeah, you saw a lot of the good that he brings to the table. And to, at the very least, not want that, even on your bench. That was the part to me that was a little, a little interesting. Agree. And the Niners came out and made it real clear, like, we think Brock is better for us than Baker. I think another thing is they didn't want to put in the claim for Baker, not get him, and have, like, what does that look like? Does it mean that we don't believe in Brock? But still, <clears throat> it's pretty clear. Who cares? Clear that Niners, who cares? Like, Kyle, we understand. Who cares? Look at this yes. situation, Kyle. We will understand if you go out yes. and try to bring in a guy like Baker Mayfield. And everybody talks about locker room, all oh, this locker room, they're tight. Well, <clears throat> he looked like he jailed with that damn Rams locker room pretty good last night after that win, so... Oh. Absolutely. So to me, this is uh, it's ratcheting up the pressure on Kyle. Um, he chose not to look for another quarterback. He chose to, he's not he's not stuck with Brock. He likes Brock. The team likes Brock. They chose to ride with Brock. They've said it themselves, and eventually, they're gonna have Jimmy Garoppolo backing him up. So it seems to me, no excuses. This is I what you Jimmy, want. Jimmy's healthy. <clears throat> he's on the field. No excuses. Win the Super Bowl. I don't want to hear that, oh, we had Brock Purdy, you know, it was a valiant effort, good story. No, 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 no. No, this is your choice. This is what you want. This is what you think is best for the team. Win the Super Bowl. Otherwise, I'm putting you back on the hot seat. And that's a real thing. (laughs) Corey Soto says, has anyone heard anything about Kinlaw? It's assumed one of the two IR spots is for him, but it's weird to not have heard any reports about his progress. I haven't heard anything. I, I have a theory. If they're trying to get, you know, a few weeks out of him this season... Probably best to wait for the playoffs. I'm just saying, maybe he'll make, maybe maybe he'll make an appearance in the playoffs. What do you think? He has or a bad not knee. and his bad knee again. Oh, you know, I don't want him coming here. Kinlaw, love you. You know, yeah, uh, sorry, a man. lot of talent, a lot of yeah. ability, but uh, nothing personal. You spoke yeah. during the draft about his knee yeah. and what that was, and I've talked to people and they're like, man, it might be both knees and the issues that he have. They're just not going away, so he can either manage. Or, you know, figure out how to manage to play with some of the yeah. things he's going through with his knees. Or it's just not really going to be something that improves and he won't play. I, I I don't know exactly. We'll find out. But right now, uh, if you look at really since he's been in the NFL, kind of things he's been going through with it, some of the surgery yeah. he's got to try to repair it, It's 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 it doesn't look like an ideal situation uh, for really him or the, or the team. No, I, it seems like they're trying to salvage it, but um, for I'm not, and I'm no expert. It just seems like uh, knees generally don't get better. That's the crappy thing about the whole situation. Sucks. Sorry, Corey, uh, got you. Did we get him? We got him. El Jefe says, "Why is Lance getting so much shade from the media?" Well, let's talk about it because it seems like he gets shade from his own locker room, and it's implied. They don't just come out and say it, but like Jimmy, like George Kittle, for example. 
George Kittle is very detailed in his analysis of all of his teammates. And if you ask him to break down a quarterback, he will do so in depth. And he's never really had very much to say about Trey Lance. Calls him a kid, says he's got promise, you know, says like the obvious stuff about his potential and how he could become Josh Allen, but never really says specific stuff about what he likes about him now. Cut to yesterday, George Kittle asked about Brock Purdy, and he went on and on and on. If you didn't see it, real quick, things he pointed out. He loves Brock Purdy's experience, started 60 games in college. Well, that's a stark contrast to Trey Lance, who started one year. He loves that Brock Purdy both won and lost big games in college because it means he faced adversity and had to pick himself up. Trey Lance never lost in college, so that's something he didn't. That's another stark contrast between him and Purdy. Finally, what he liked about Purdy is the way that he commanded the huddle right away. Well, that's something Trey Lance even talked about. He had to learn how to do. He had to project his voice. He's freaking 19 when he got drafted by this team. So to me, those are three big things where Kittle's not coming out and saying it, but he's drawing a comparison between Purdy and Lance. And the comparison, once again, makes Purdy look good and Lance not so good. I don't know. Am I reading too much into this? What do you think? Nah, you know, you can see some of that. And even some of the things that Kyle Shanahan has said yeah. about Brock Purdy to the media. I, I think this kind of goes back to, and again, I'm I'm drawing these parallels just so just to kind of bring a little context. But you specifically talked a whole lot about the mental makeup of of Nick Mullins, mm-hmm. right? And everybody yep. talks so much about his preparation and, and yep. what he did. And even when he wasn't playing, it's like he's going through all the plays in his head and he understood everything. And and that is awesome. And I think mm-hmm. you can see that, especially with a guy like Brock Purdy, who has played a lot of football. Trey Lance mm-hmm. can learn a lot from him. It, it was mm-hmm. still like very youthful in Trey Lance's uh, really experience, just playing football, just overall, playing the quarterback position. And when you are – Trey Lance is younger than Brock Purdy. That's right? correct. Like that, you know, That's he's correct. younger than yeah. Purdy, who's a rookie. Yeah. And yeah. when you look at Purdy and the things that he's going through, I think all those things are very pivotal. Think about – Bill Parcells, and mm. he had like this kind of com- quarterback commandment type thing. That's true. Like, hey, if, if I'm drafting the quarterback, he's got to be thirty in starts, of years. He's got to have a certain amount of throws. He's got to have wins. all these things, right? A certain amount of wins, and, certain amount of starts. You got to, you have to graduate, have to graduate. So, I mean, Trey Lance didn't fulfill any of those. Uh, Purdy fulfills all of them. Right. So, yeah, Trey Lance. There's still a ways to go in those type of things. The, th- the things that you just learn from starting four yeah. years at Iowa State. Yeah. Right. Just how to just truly command this time. Because think about yeah. when Trey Lance is at North Dakota State. He's still the young guy. He's a freshman. Yeah, that's true. Like you're, you're still the young guy trying to yeah. g- command the huddle of guys that are seniors. So that's right. Brock Purdy, throughout the years, probably when he started as a freshman, maybe he wasn't that boisterous guy. Then sophomore mm-hmm. year, he starts to get it. Then junior year, is like, well, I'm the team captain. Then senior year, like now I've been through everything, and I'm the guy everybody looks to. And then you take that because you learn that to the NFL. And I think that's an excellent trait to have. And those are things that Trey Lance has to learn. Now, yeah. what we can't get mixed up is over, under no circumstances will – how do I word this? I, I, I told myself I'm not going to be as uh, – I usually try to watch what I say a lot of mm-hmm. times. Yeah. But I'm going to kind of hey, let loose a little don't bit. Don't hold back. Go ahead, dude. They can't, they are not Trey Lance, whether it's, <laughs> it's Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo. Like the things that Trey Lance can do, the things that Trey Lance brings to an offense, like they can't do that. It's just, no. all right, Trey, that's great that you do these things, but now you have to learn this part of being a of professional. And Brock Purdy is better at those things right now than you are. Yeah. 
But the the thing and how I look at it, but they're learnable. Down the line, they're learnable. About two years yeah. down the line, when Trey Lance has more opportunity and he's learned those things and he's not hurt, right? And that's that's yeah. sex too. Well, yeah. there there is no comparison between him and Brock Purdy. But those are things that you learn from playing, from experience. And Trey Lance doesn't have that for for different reasons. COVID, that's part of it. Him being hurt, that's part of it. Like being unlucky, all those things. But over time, I mean, he, he'll get that. So that is awesome that they talk glowingly about Purdy like that, especially this year when you're not going to see Trey Lance the rest of this year and you got to depend on Brock Purdy. I hope he's all those things because you're going to need that for the 49ers to be able to win. And I think he showed a lot of that against the Dolphins. Yeah, I feel like, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo supporters have now jumped over to the Brock Purdy bandwagon. And in this, they're a very similar style of quarterback. Well, I would call them dinkers and dunkers. They dink and they dunk. And I think some people feel like that's the superior style of football. I prefer what Trey Lance brings. I, I like the fact that he can do all the things that are physically difficult. He can get the ball down the field. He can move. And I feel like he can learn the rest. But J Jimmy Garoppolo and now Brock Purdy supporters um, – only judge Trey on the Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo spectrum. Like, oh, he can't throw a slant as well as Brock? Well, he sucks. He can't throw a screen pass as well as Brock? Well, he sucks. Like, those are the most important things a quarterback has to do. Mm, I disagree with that entirely. Listen, I, I mean, show me a quarterback who's going to win a Super Bowl dinking and dunking. I don't care. Maybe, right? I mean, Tom Brady, you know, he, he was always airing it out. But I will say this. If you have any reservations about Trey Lance, I'm not going to hide. Trey Lance is hurt. He's not going to play. But I would say, go watch my guy Jesse on Last Second Sports. Just put out a video. That's it's right. about 11 minutes long. That's and right. all the things that people are saying Trey Lance can't do. And he, he does. So shows, shows all these throws. And it's like, well, Trey Lance doesn't do this. Well, you you watch that. Now, the, the, the people that want to push back on Trey, they're not going to want to watch that. Because you're going to see, like, this is this is t the total package. Which is, can we, can we get more of it from Trey? And please, stay healthy, bro. So, um, yeah, but... Aside from that, you know, I see Brad Johnson. You talked about Dinkin and Duncan. And I think that's kind of a, aside from Brady, it's a, you typically need, need a little bit more. And I don't think Jimmy's really a Dinkin and Dunker. I, I don't think so. I, I think he throws, I think he throws short passes said. within the context of the offense. So Kyle, now he doesn't have aggressive eyes. And we understand that. He's not really looking to push the ball down the field a whole lot. But, all right, you know, at slants, digs, and breaking routes, I think he does those things pretty solid, you know, with timing and rhythm. The the thing is, as far as, you know, getting more, it's you can kind of get, like, clumped in or lumped into even like Mullins. Mullins did those things well, mm -hmm. right? And, yep. you know, what's the difference that's going to take you, you know, over the top? And I think Jimmy Garoppolo does some of those things well. Let me say one more thing about what Kittle said about Purdy. And maybe I'm projecting here, but just listening to him gush about Purdy and how he's gushed about Garoppolo and the way they play quarterback and how he's been really reserved with any comments about Trey and a lot of people on this team. It makes me really feel, it's just a feeling that a lot of these people on, a lot of the people on this team never really wanted Trey. From the moment he was drafted, they're like, no, no. And they're just not into it. And I feel like it sucks for him. And I'm not saying it's because. He's black. I'm not saying that. But I just can't help but notice that a young black man from the other side of the country got drafted at like 19, 20 years old and came to this team and has been pretty much freaking unwelcome the entire time from, from everyone, the fans to you name it. It just feels like he's had to deal with 
bullshit. I don't know. There's a there's a clip going around on Twitter right now from a call-in show. I'm not going to talk about it, but if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. I people are co- someone just basically called in and said I don't. I just really don't like black quarterbacks. This is what it is, and it yeah. feels like there's been a lot. I'm not okay. saying that Kittle feels that way. It just feels like that's what Trey Lance has been confronted with since he's been drafted here. A bunch of people are like, not my style. Like, ooh, really? Out here in San Francisco, that's depressing. I think the quarterback position, a lot of people have in their head how they feel it's supposed to be played. And I think there are guys that go through different things and different type of progressions in in how they play the game. And, you know, I think there are multiple ways to be able to win. And I think just the way that Trey wins might look different than some of these other guys like Purdy and and Garoppolo. I would say that the way that Purdy and Garoppolo win will look different than a guy like Jalen Hurts. Right, but at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts is one of the front runners for an MVP, and his team only has one loss on the year. So, are you telling me, well, oh, I don't want the way Jalen Hurts has to play to win, even though the results are this dude is extremely difficult to stop? And I think kind of Trey Lance, as far as from an efficiency standpoint or what it looks like playing the quarterback position, fits more in in that mode as opposed to what people think your traditional uh, quarterback is supposed to look like. It's just easy to romanticize someone like Brock Purdy for you know. A large percent of the population because he looks like a large percent of the population he looks normal you know what i'm saying he looks normal he looks he looks like me i could be like man i love this story seventh round pick go you go me trey lance walks up there a lot of people are like mm, i can't relate to him this is different and i feel like and and you, there's so much skepticism oh four starts now nah, i've seen enough he sucks <laughs> you wouldn't say that if he looked like brock purdy though be honest you know what i'm saying so that's what sucks about this. And I can't help but feel like, you know, Trey Lance is not on social media tweeting back at people. But I'm, how could you not read it, internalize it, and be saddened by it? Dude is like 21 and he comes out to, from freaking, like, you know, the farm in the Midwest to woke Bay Area and gets greeted like this? I mean, what is this, Boston? No offense to Boston. But, like, what the hell is going on out here? Let's say it's Let's say it's not a like a black and white thing, but it definitely is a play style thing. And, sure. and I think that's the part sure. that... But they're so uh, intertwined, you know what I'm saying? They they are... They, they really are. are. Very, they are yeah. very intertwined. They're like... We'll stop, we'll stop. Again, not, not to make it a black and white thing, but I feel like, let's say Josh Allen had a different skin color for the first couple years of his career. What would the narrative and conversation uh-huh. be surrounding him? Why is the narrative so different between... Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Lamar Jackson, right? Where it was like, you know, everybody, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, all he does is win, he wins, he wins. And then you have Lamar Jackson, whom all he does is win. It might look a different way, but then it's anyway, not yeah. it's not taken in the same. And, you know, so I think a lot of it is play style, which, like you said, can be intertwined. Right. And, you know, I, one, one more thing. There are a lot of people who prefer Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance, and they're not racist. I'm not, and a lot of people who have a lot of criticism of Trey Lance, and they're not racist. If you're watching, I want you to know I don't feel that you're a racist. I'm just saying, from Trey Lance's perspective, it must feel like, damn, I'm so unwelcomed out here, and I don't even know who likes me, who doesn't, and for what reasons. But it it must feel icky. I don't know. It's how could he enjoy this experience the last two years? It must feel really, really messed. Up. I can't even imagine, man. Can't imagine he has it, to sit there and listen it, to his own teammates talk about Brock Purdy like that. Like, are you kidding me? Who the where? Hey, man, I'm still here. I thought I was the franchise quarterback. Oh, I, I mean, it I sucks. Kind of sucks. Well, I got to do, I mean, the, 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 the things that I've learned in life, you know, my, my, my stepdad, he told me this when I was like 10 years old, right? I asked him for a dollar 
to get a, get something from the ice cream truck. And he was like, no. I'm like, why? Like, that's not fair. He's like, life's not fair. And I always remember, that just always stuck with me when he said that. Like, not, life's not fair. Yeah. And I don't even know why I thought it wasn't fair. But it, when you look at Trey Lance in this situation, maybe it's not fair. You yep. know, you're drafted number three overall. You have a lot more expectations than Brock Purdy. So mm -hmm. for him, it's you got to block out any noise. Mm -hmm. Just go out, handle business. And if he handles his business, it'll all go away. And all the naysayers and everything like that, they'll love him. They'll change their whole Oh, I always knew. I always knew. They did the same thing with Hurts. Hurts mm -hmm. had, what, last year, 26 oh touchdowns, only five interceptions. Yep. Uh, first year starting, led the team to the, the playoffs. Playoffs. Got, got benched the last week, yep. the year before, to Nate Sudfield. Sudfield. And, and for Nate Sudfield. And he got benched. <laughs> and, and last year, led his team in the playoffs, first year. And this year, oh, they should be, they should be replacing him. Mm -hmm. Because oh, yeah. it looks different, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And and then yeah. now you see what's happening, but people typically they don't want to give that play style quarterback the room to improve. So uh, you know, Philly this, does though. Philly has historically, but good Philly for that. Has. Philly has. I'm just so surprised that San Francisco. He really he the quarterback really has to look like Joe Montana guy. Is that the issue? Does he have to look like Joe Montana? What, what, He's not going to be Joe Montana. Montana. You're not getting the next Joe Montana. Is that the problem? Does he have to have blonde hair, blue eyes? What's the problem here? It's so silly. So I silly heard Joe me. Montana on Sirius Radio, and he was talking about you know what he likes in the quarterback, and and um, he didn't mention Trey Lance at all, but he did talk about you know Brock Purdy. He just oh you know it starts with accuracy, you know just this and and it's 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 this uh, very kind of old school kind of way of looking at the quarterback position, and I think. There are a lot of people that are still kind of stuck in what that is supposed to mm -hmm. look like and uh, yep. can't fathom what it looks like to not play exactly like that and still have to go through the ups and downs as anyone else and then what it could look like on the other side. Until it does. And then it's like, well, oh, well, oh, that's an anomaly because Josh Allen did it. Or, you know, but there's like, there's Josh Allen, there's Dak Prescott. There's, there's a lot of these guys that have had to go through different adversities while playing the quarterback position. Yeah, apparently they're more open-minded in – Philadelphia than they are in the Bay Area. Who knew? J.R. Beckel says, what do you know about Trey Lance right now that makes you feel like he would be an upgrade over Purdy? Four-year starter versus one year. Sorry, J.R. So I, I didn't mean to call you out specifically. Um, it's possible that Purdy is a better quarterback today than Trey Lance is today. But isn't the issue like who's going to be the best quarterback in their prime? Isn't that the issue? And don't you want the guy who's going to be the best quarterback in his prime? I'm just saying. That's what they I want. I feel like the issue they have to go through what it takes to get to that. Then it's like, oh, I don't want that. Right. right? Like, it's like anything, like, right? You start a business and, you know, I, I, I got into adult fitness. I've been training athletes, but I got into adult fitness for a month or so. I had one client. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm going hard for that one client. And a lot of people, oh, man, like, nah, it's not going to work. No, it is going to work. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to yeah. be consistent. Well, next thing you know, I kept at it, kept at it. You know, now, you know, I got eight, nine, 10, yeah. 11, 12, 13 clients, you know. Uh, where right. for a while I only had one. Because you did a good job with the one client, and he said to someone, hey, man, this guy's really good. And then you got two. Yeah. He told one friend, and he told one friend. It's how it works. Scott Short says, I think if Purdy balls out and goes on a run and wins us a playoff game, it would be hard to switch to Jimmy. What if we lost when Jimmy came in over a hot hand in Purdy? I think it's just interesting that all of a sudden it's a, it's a decision Kyle Shanahan has to make. And you could justify it either way. Hey, Purdy's brought us here. Got to stick with Purdy. But if they lose and the quarterback doesn't play well, he opens himself up to questions either way. Either way, I could be like Kyle. I would have done the other thing. 
I would have done the other thing, Kyle. What are you thinking? I can say that. I think he, I'm I not think the coach. he goes with Jimmy. Last year, week 17, 49ers played the Houston Texans. He Trey Lance goes out there and has a good game. You know, yep. uh, Throws for a couple touchdowns, runs for another one that got called back, 250 yards, completed 70% of his passes, ran for another 30, 40 yards. Like, it was a good game. And week 18, you play the Rams, clutch game, and it's like, all right, we're going like, – Jimmy is our starting quarterback. We are going with Jimmy. So, you know, I, I, I'd expect him to do something similar. Unless you see over an extended period of time that Purdy is just so much better than Jimmy Garoppolo, which I would have a hard time thinking that we're going to see – so a so much better version of Jimmy from Brock. Maybe he's close. Yeah. Maybe he's as good. I don't know. Right? Like, I have no idea. But I would have a hard time thinking he's going to be, like, so much better. And I know he has a lot of experience in college, but I'm thinking at some point his lack of experience in the NFL is going to catch up to him in this season. But I don't know. Maybe not. John Mitchell says, at Grant, I still think the media is pissed. Niners didn't pick the Mac Man Jones is why media don't like Trey. <sighs> Maybe. I also think that... There's a lot of people in the media that are in contact with or know Jimmy Garoppolo's agent and are really good at amplifying his side of the story. And no one, I don't know, Tom Comden's not talking on Trey Lance's behalf or whatever. That's how I feel. Brother Backpedal 100 says official BNA Music 88. I don't know what that means. He's talking about me with uh, how I defend defensive backs. Oh. J.R. Beckle <laughs> says really had to pull the race card on Trey. You can't acknowledge, you can't acknowledge the the elephant in the room on that one. I mean, it's obvious. I'm sorry. Steve M says Lance's deep ball opens up the offense. Look at MIA. Yeah, and that guy can't even throw hard, and he throws deep though. Let's see if Pur Purdy throws deep. Think he will? I don't want to pin this. I don't want, and that's what the fans are doing. It's like this Purdy versus Lance versus Jimmy thing, and to yeah. me, it's. Hey, these are 49er quarterbacks. Can this guy yeah. go out there and execute and do yeah. the things you need him to do uh, in this pivotal moment right now down this stretch of the season? We saw last year, well, Trey Lance had that opportunity against the Texans, and he did what he had to do. And then you go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. They didn't have to pin one guy against another. I would say the same thing for, for this. But they're trying to – it's like fans of a team are trying to pin guys against each other. It's really kind of odd to me. Mm -hmm. Matthew Sanders says, I think George Kittle re resents talent. He wasn't a high draft pick. That's an interesting psychological theory. I have no idea. Yeah. Corey Soto says Lance will be a star. It just might not be for the Niners. And at this point, they would deserve that fate. I'm not sure he went to the best situation. Dude, if they trade three first-round picks, never give him a chance, ship him off on, for, on pennies, like pennies for, the, for pennies on the dollar, and then he goes on and becomes good somewhere else, I mean, that's even worse than if he's a bust. That's way worse than if he's a bust. So I, I hope they don't do that. Someone have to get fired. Um, Steve, give Lance 10 years like you gave Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Grant saying the Niners are racist is too much. I didn't, J.R. Beck will take this very very personally. That's all I'm going to say. I didn't say that, but hey, if the shoe fits, J.R. Um, let's not say, I think there is a I didn't say that. bias on, on the type of quarterback that some people want. And like you said, there was that clip going around and the guy just said flat out, I don't like black quarterbacks. I don't know why. I don't like black quarterbacks. On somebody's uh, on another content creator show, and I was just like, there, "There's a lot of people that have that sentiment, but won't say it out loud." I think you it's pretty act, clear that act like that type of bias doesn't exist. It does, one hundred percent. I I think it's a pretty clear that a pretty significant segment of this team didn't want Trey here, and I'm not saying it's because oh, it's because he's black. I just didn't think they wanted 
another quarterback, especially another quarterback of another style, like you said. And from Trey's perspective, how do you know if it's about the style of quarterback I am or the or my skin color? How do you, how do I know? As a 21-year-old man, I would just feel like an outsider. And it would suck. And I'd wonder, hey, why? why? Is, oh, so I don't play the position the right way? Or I don't look the way? How can you know? So I just, my heart goes out to him because it sucks. It's, it's a shitty position that he's in. Shreddy Murphy says, uh, Cap scarred the organization. The organization, the fans, is it Cap's fault? Maybe. Does he look too much like Cap? Is that the problem? Does he play I too mean, much like Cap? There, there I mean, I don't guys know. guys with Cap and breaking records in the playoffs. Uh, that's the last guy dynamic. that. dynamic. I mean, if that scars you. I would say, hey, can I get more of that? I don't, I don't know. He stayed healthy for like three years. It was amazing. Last night, his quarterback to do that. When Brock gets blowed up, the narrative will change. Uh, I hate to predict that on a person's, but we hope we don't find that out. Hope we don't. Steve M says Kyle owes Lance and his family an apology. <sighs> I mean, someone should I get think in his business corner. Is business. So, yeah. like, owing someone an apology. I mean, at the end of the day, the situation kind of coming and they're very yeah. fluid. But I would say for Trey Lance, the start to his career has been less than ideal for him. But yeah. uh, even regardless of that, the 49ers have figured out ways to still be uh, very relevant. Going to the NFC Championship game last year without him being the yeah. guy. And yeah. then this year uh, being one of the top teams in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, not ideal for Trey Lance and things, but you got to figure it out. That's that's the business element of it. Uh-oh, my phone ringing. Oh, it's all good. The Gold Rush 561 says Mullins won his first start, then lost his next three. He was back up for a reason. Slow down on the Purdy train. Yeah, I mean, this could all come, come this could all come crashing down this week. Todd Bowles is good. This defense is good. Let's see what the Niners do. Spider-Man says, was picking Trey a mistake because he's so raw? Niners are clearly a stacked and win now team. Not re- here, let's ask let's this is a really good question. Spider-Man says. Was picking Trey a mistake because he's so raw? Niners are clearly a stacked and win-now team, not a rebuilding or even a middle-of-the-pack team that can just wait for development. I think there's something to this. You knew he was a project. Everyone said he could be Josh Allen, but it's going to take some time. And I think the Niners knew they didn't really have the time. That's why I always felt like the timelines were different. What do you think? Uh, I... I don't unless they can develop him on the bench like they've been saying they I mean hey look Jordan Love looked good the other week maybe the Niners can do it but I feel like you got to put him on the field like the Dallas Cowboys did with Aikman and or the Colts did with Manning and just ride it out but I don't know I don't think that he's as raw as people think again it goes back to the the style there are these little things that he needs to improve on Yes. You know, but it's not something that like, well, right. within that, he's just this yeah. person that is just not a competent quarterback. Right. 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 And, and that's the myth. And that's what Jesse Naylor just dis, disbunked, debunked. If you go watch his 11 minute video, it's showing that actually he has a very good film from the first, what, 46 throws of his career, just like Brock. Yeah. yeah. Or just misses, which yeah. we saw Brock Purdy throw a, a ball 10 yards over somebody's head. So it's not like. Uh, any of these guys are without flaw, right? But it's again, true. it's it's more of a a stylistic look thing. Stylistic, uh, and, and, and him figuring out, like you know, okay, yeah, the NFL, etc. The the biggest issue for him again, he's only started four games. That's Trey's biggest issue right now. It's you say stylistic. It's so funny. It's such a loaded word. It's like yeah, like the difference between rap and country music. It's just a stylistic difference. Yeah, but yeah. who likes those things? You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, it's very. 
intertwined. Forever Faithful says, I said it's hard. Did you go to a high school with kids that would listen to country music? I, I went to Bishop O'Dowd. Some kids would come with like elevated trucks and subwoofers blasting country music in the morning. I was like, that's hilarious. But I thought, I don't know. Did you have kids like that in Stockton? That was a well, special. Well, I went to, uh, I mean, I live north side of Stockton, but I've already parked. But okay. uh, we got busted to, to Tokay and Lodi. So I actually went to high school in Lodi. So it's like uh, half of our school is from, you know, a certain demographic. So there were Stockton. hicks out there. Yeah. Yes. I, there were some hicks at O'Dowd uh, because it wasn't just Oakland. It was kids from Castro Valley, San Leandro, and all around. Forever Faithful says, uh, I said it's hard to call you short, but we going bowling. What? I said it's hard to call your shot, but we going bowling. I don't get it. He, he said going to the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Thank you. Hey, with, with who? With Jimmy? Sean Walker. Thank you. Two more, and then we'll get back to our show. Uh, as a Seattle fan, I feel bad for Trey. He doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve this. That's the other thing. Like, what the hell did he do other than get drafted by the team? And just smile and do he, he's, thing, he looks like he tries so hard to please everyone. You know, I, he wants to be everyone's friend in the locker room. He wants to be nice to the media. And what does he get for it? What does he get for it? Nothing. Fans hate that don't like Fans him hate him. He's trying so hard. Different. <laughs> he's going he's, to he's hit 25, 26 and that. He's going to turn heel. Just like, you know what? You know what? I heard what you guys said about me the last five years. I didn't forget it. He's going to get real salty like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I hope he does. Look at, look at real quick, Seattle. And, you know, he says he's a Seahawks fan. And, you know, they got Geno Smith. And a lot of the things that people were saying about Geno heading into this year, and, yeah. and maybe deservedly so, but how has it turned out for them? And uh, I think, you know, just sometimes you just kind of got to go through that. And, and I was there for Geno Smith. I was with the New York Jets his rookie year. And, you know, I remember – you know, what that was like. I remember, you know, the it, social media wasn't as big then in 2013, which is mm -hmm. crazy because it's not That's like true. it was super long ago, but um, there was a quarterback battle. You had Mark mm -hmm. Sanchez, who had been there, went to two AFC championship games. Then you draft a guy, Geno Smith, second round. And I just remember what that looked like. And I would say this, if I have one takeaway from that, a lot of the noise, the conversations that we're having right now, uh, the opinions of the media, et cetera, we're not going on in the locker room. Okay. Like, yeah. we did not care. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just like, I got to do my Coach, job. Coach, pick one. Yeah. The, the narratives <laughs> and all those things, more times than not, get pushed from the outside people. I, I Like, there was nothing. Everything was cool in the locker yep. room. Everything, yep. I, I didn't look at Mark Sanchez and be like, oh, man, uh, I don't like you, but I like Gino. Or, you yeah. know, I didn't I ain't get those vibes. When I was going right. to the room and whatever, like, I ain't had those conversations with my teammate. Yeah. Like, man. I mean, what you know, Geno Smith. What about today? But I think what do now, you think? What do you the think? Yeah, social media thing is so polarizing that you know George Kittle can't go to an award show without being asked about the, his, qu the quarterback, quarterback situation. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it is a little different. But those conversations weren't going on, not to that extent when I was when I was in the NFL. But to, the, the the Geno Smith example is interesting because I think it shows that a lot of times what a quarterback needs is a nurturing environment, and they don't always get it. I mean, nothing against what Rex Ryan was doing in New York, but it doesn't seem like Gino was given the nurturing environment that he got in Seattle. Maybe he, maybe he was he's too a little young. immature. Maybe he was but a little immature. Here's but, a good example. Yeah. Yep. Mike McDaniel with Tua and everything mm -hmm. that they're saying, right? Tua and these people in the chat, they can lie if they want to. Tua was a bust, right? Like to, right, to he was. how people were viewing he was. him. I, I called him that. I, I right. thought nothing of him. I thought he was terrible. In fact, I Doesn't thought he was terrible arm, last week. But you know, not the most mobile guy, yeah. but can move just a little bit. Uh, and all that's true. A bust, right? Like that was the yeah. two year. Oh man, they're so yeah. crazy. They they passed on uh, white Jesus with uh, 
uh, Justin Herbert, right? Like that, Justin Herbert, oh my goodness, they passed on him. Uh, wow. And then you see this version of Tua, and it White took a Jesus. quarterback, I mean a head coach, which I don't think Kyle Shanahan is this guy, but it took a head coach putting his arm around mm -hmm. Tua. And you, everybody's different. You coach the kids different. Yeah, I, yep. You know, the way I talk to my son is that I had to learn, like, okay, these guys, are, they're a little different. They're a little, yep. a little more uh, tender, right? But yep. Like me. He McDaniel put his arm around Tua. Yep. And was like, I'm going to instill the and You're way too hard on yourself. You're way too hard on yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, dude, we yeah. got this. I'm going to. And, yeah. and, and you you know what? Man, look, we're going to get through this. And, man, there's so yeah. much that in, in this and that. Yeah. And if I think, you know, certain, some coaches, Kyle's not like that. No. I think that's, that's probably no. kind of some of the difficult no. part when it comes and, to that. And, you know, for these, especially these, like to your point, these young kids, Generation Z guys, um, Kyle's old school. I feel like he coaches the way maybe his dad coached. And I think these kids really respond to positivity. That's what Mike McDaniel is doing in Miami. Just a whole yeah. lot of positivity. And it goes a long way, especially with kids born in 1999 and after. Uh, Crockpot, Brock, let him cook. Powerful oh, one says, God. Winfield and Edwards didn't practice today. Bucks might be without their starting safeties. If so, run the ball down their throats, feed Kittle. Good call. Especially, our, now, when we say run the ball down their throats, are we leaning more towards McCaffrey or Jordan Mason? Oh. That's that's what that's Mason's job. <laughs> that's Mason's job. He took that job. It would have been nice if they had given Mason some carries before making that trade, so they could have seen what they had. But I, McCaffrey, I will say, he's a hell of a receiver, man. He's super good as a receiver. But uh, as a running back, he's all right. I think he'll be better when he plays with Trey Lance because he had his best years with Cam in like a zone read offense. Now they're just lining him up in an eye formation to toss him the ball. I don't know. Not for me. Yeah. Steve M says, not pinning Croc, uh, just Lance's more talent. Lance is a pocket passer, stretches the field. Lance is nothing like Capper, Jimmy. Just want to chip. That's true. He's way different. I mean, Kaepernick, as a runner, was more effective than Trey. Could get to yeah. the edge. Trey, Trey has a different mentality, I think. Uh, one QB for one season and one Super Bowl is all I want. Josh Johnson, baby! <laughs> Jeremy okay. Smith says, I think, I think Trey is the type of guy that if given a reasonable chance, he will not disappoint. I think he is uh, I think he is teaming the determination to do it. I there's a typo there, but I, I agree. He's just I hope he gets a chance, man. Is he gonna get a chance next year? I don't know. It might be Tom Brady here. Thank you. A couple more and then we'll get back. Double B Studio says, I think the opinions and expectations between Trey and Brock come down to what it costs to get that player three first round picks versus one pick. Sure, I can that's see true. That. I can see that's that. true. I can see that. that. There's pressure sure. on the, one, the, and the other is a good story. Yeah, the uh, the expectations are not the same. So Trey yeah. has to go out and do what he did against Houston. Oh, it's just Houston. Not, yeah, it's go not good out enough. And do you know play well against uh, uh, the Dolphins? Miami. Like, it's oh, a great story. Man. You know, it's a great story. That's the future of the organization. Yeah. It's a great story. Maybe I'll be the quarterback of the 49ers next. If Brock can do it, maybe I can do it too. First rookie to win a chip. We're going Super Bowling. Uh, this guy's into it. I love it. Double B Studio says, Jimmy the past, Brock the present, Trey is the future. Where's Josh Johnson fit in there, huh? So much disrespect. Laugh my ass off. White Jesus got me balling. Great nickname. That's hilarious. Tristan says, Croc, were you there when that guy broke Geno's jaw and basically ruined his career for years coming? Yeah, no, that was that. the uh, following year. Was Geno again? There's some immaturity there. You know, you Who no broke his jaw? Uh, like a linebacker or something. All right, moving he, on. He's supposedly like, Paid to get Gino to his camp, and then Gino didn't show up. So dude's like, "Dude, I want my money back." And then, you know, it just kind of oh. getting your money back. And then, okay, you got to eat these real quick. 
seems fair. It seems like a fair exchange. <laughs> anyway, uh, so look, where do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up next year? Let me give you some options. You got the 49ers, which I'm not sure is anyone's preference. He could go to the Raiders after looking at what Derek Carr did last night. They got to move on. And Josh McDaniels over there. Another team that's interesting, too, is the Rams. I wouldn't be surprised if, surprised if Safford retires. He's got some issues. And it seems like there's an open audition for that job. Baker Mayfield could get it. Or they've they've lost so many times to Jimmy Garoppolo, they might actually think he's good. Where do you think he ends up next year? I like Carolina. Now, is that a place that, where he wants to go? And I say money talks, right? I didn't think that uh, – I didn't think – Deion Sanders would go to Colorado, and then it's like, oh, okay, you go to Colorado. Money talks, right? Okay, you want to give me thirty million dollars and five million for my staff? Let's go. Five million Is that what he got for my staff? He got he got like six million a year, and five million a year for his staff. Hey, good for him. Nice. So it's like, yeah, I'm gonna turn that down. Yeah. Well, I just came from Jackson State. I was making three hundred thousand. So, <laughs> and giving half of that back so they can fix their sorry, uh, yeah, uh, facilities. All right, but. Um, so money definitely talks Jimmy Garoppolo to maybe Carolina. They have a nice little running back uh, that they that they that they uh, kind of fall into. He's been good since yeah. uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey left. You got some receivers there. I think mm-hmm. they have some guys that they like. Add another weapon. Just drafted an offensive lineman uh, to play left tackle. I think there's some things there, and they got some really good pieces on defense. They need to get the coaching situation right after firing Matt Rule, and get a quarterback that can keep yeah. things afloat, which is I think Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think that'll be a good a good place. How about D'Amico and Jimmy? Oh man, yeah, that would probably work. Could work, <laughs> you know. I guess I, you know, D'Amico, he's he's out of there no matter what. So it's it's looking like it. I think it'll maybe depend on what he does in the playoffs. But so far, looking like he's gonna be a head coach and probably a good one. It doesn't hurt that Sala and McDaniel are doing so well right now. That probably helps him. Right. But he's also doing really well right now and carrying his team. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. He could take Jimmy with him. I also kind of want him to go to the Rams. Just because I love chaos. And I, if we got to watch Jimmy as like the enemy for a couple of years, it'd be so much fun to see all Niner fans have been defending him for years, have to all of a sudden root against him. I think that shit would be hilarious. So I'm hoping and for that. And then start talking Rams. about all the things that he doesn't do, right? I want that. I want that so bad. It'd be so funny. And if the Niners started losing to Jimmy Garoppolo, that would be pretty funny too. Although I don't see that happening. I could <laughs> Fred Warner against Jimmy. I mean, I've seen it in practice. So please, Rams. Jimmy turned a corner this year. He's not injury prone. He's a great leader. He's what you need. Way better than Baker Mayfield. I give my full support. Look at our offense. It's built for a plug-and-play quarterback. It's hard to say what system Jimmy G will fit in and how he performs because any was the same. Well, he could go to the Raiders. They're running. I mean, they want. They got McDaniels over there. They were different, though. I think New England was more of a shotgun, spread out, one back, throw a bunch to the back, a lot of you know short things. Kyle's is more based on... Uh, under center, being able to turn your back to a defense, timing, and precision, right? And it's it's very precision-based uh, in this offense, more so than some of the other offenses where, yeah, you have to be able to be, you know, functionally uh, accurate, but not as precise with the timing where it's like, back foot hits the ground, ball's got to be out. You know, um, some offenses aren't built on that. So they, they are different, I think, from that standpoint. That That's not what New England was for a lot of years. So different. different. I, I think you have a yeah. – that's a good picture of two different style offenses that, that Jimmy has been in. Also, with, with Kyle, if you want a guy under center, uh, turning his back to the defense, running play action, he has to hold the ball longer. I mean, he has to literally look away from the pass rush. I think – 
Maybe there are reasons why the Niners have gone through six quarterbacks, um, but it's not all Kyle. I'm sure there's a lot of there's a lot of factors. In fact, I want to ask you about that right now. So we talk about like the Niners. You know, they need a to upgrade their quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl, or or do they need a real head coach to ever win a Super Bowl? Well, what about the offensive line? I mean, it it punches above its weight sometimes. It's really well coached, and they have a great left tackle, but. I mean, just big picture, the last six years, the Niners have gone through six quarterbacks and 10 running backs. That's a lot of lot of injuries, people that these guys are supposed to be blocking. And when the Niners have lost at the end of seasons where they've been good, I mean, the offensive line has fallen apart in the fourth quarter. Do you think this offensive line is really Super Bowl caliber? Uh, you know, it's crazy. We talked about this on Locked On 49ers okay. last night. And I, I, I think all offense like they're yeah. just they are that's what chris forster said yesterday league. too yes you go around the yeah. league the offensive lines are the most vulnerable position on pretty much every team every, every team. team is trying to figure out how to get better i look at tampa probably like cornerback right yeah cornerbacks are typically the most vulnerable position on every team and every team is trying to figure out how to be better at cornerback it's just so yep. hard so uh i think that the 49ers offensive line is very competent i think yeah uh, i don't think they are it's among true. the bottom 15 in the nfl I think the offensive line is good enough to win. Uh, sure. I think they might call for the quarterback to be able to make a play or two that can't be accounted for. And I think that's some of the things that Jimmy yeah. had struggled with. I feel like he's got a little better with that this year. There were a few plays where I'm like, okay, Jimmy, okay, let's go. And yeah. and I think if you know he makes those type of plays in the playoffs, maybe 49ers have a couple of Super Bowl wins. But – I'd say overall, yes, I think this is a an offensive line that is good enough to win a Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, yeah, in, in comparison to some of the other offensive lines I look at. I'd say the biggest issue I've seen is, and this might be more Kyle Shanahan than actually the offensive line, I think there have been probably a few too many free runners mm-hmm. at quarterbacks than I that's would true. like to see. And that's I mean, you can go back yeah. to Carolina, yeah. right? The Carolina yeah. game. Jimmy had a couple free runners right out. I mean, threw the ball downfield, and everybody, yes. oh, man, great job. Yes. You're under pressure. But my thing is, why are there so many free runners? And I think— And then last week, Purdy, his solution was he, like, made a few miss and then hit that one throw while taking a shot. Like, that's, again, not sustainable long-term. Right. What's going and, on? And I think Kyle's answer to that would be, well, regardless of what a team is doing against us, all the answers are in the play call. So if there is— you know, uh, a, a free runner, then there's a void somewhere else, and it's on my quarterback to make sure that he understands where to go and, and hit that guy. So I yeah. think that has uh, a lot to do with maybe the free runners as opposed to other teams that you see chip 49er players. All right, where's Nick Bosa at? He's right there. Okay, we might struggle with him. Let's motion our guy to the other side of the quarterback, motion him down next to uh, Nick Bosa. Then we're going to chip Nick Bosa before he goes out. Uh, before that player goes out for a route, so I think the problem though on Jimmy's on Jimmy's injury it was a free runner. And he broke his foot, and what Kyle said was, you know, they got the free runner and they covered both of our hot routes. So what really Jimmy needed to do there was go down. And I appreciate that Jimmy tried to fight for extra yards because he was going to get knocked out of play uh, field goal range. Um, the other thing is, I asked Forster yesterday, the offensive line coach. I said, you know, scoring is down in the league because he likes answering big picture questions. He's hella smart. Scoring is down league-wide for the second year in a row. Why do you think that is? And he was like, hmm, I haven't really thought about that. I didn't know that. But my first thought is 
you know, those D linemen are really good. And it's like every game I'm feeling good. And then I get out in the tunnel. I look at the other D linemen. I'm like, crap, like, how are we going to block these guys? And that to me, I think is true. Every year, the disparity between offensive line and defensive line gets big. I mean, you got like 300 pound dudes with like 10% body fat that run four eights. I mean, it's crazy. And the offensive Trust linemen me. seem like the, I, the, I've seen them. <laughs> and the offensive linemen seem the same every year. It's like, so if that's the case, I feel like the Niners are almost like, you know what? Let's not be over invested in offensive linemen. Let's just invest in D linemen because those guys are way better and we'll do what we can with Chris Forster and the guys we got. And I get it, but I still feel like, man, you got to try a little bit harder to find some special offensive linemen because you got one at left tackle. Maybe Banks is a second one. Maybe. But, dude, I, right? You just, you, McGlinchey can't be good enough. Brandel can't be good enough for you. Got to do better. Got to yeah. be able to do better. Yeah. Especially, I mean, it's it, easier to McGlinchey. Easier to upgrade McGlinchey than it is to upgrade Jimmy. Frankly. Right. All right. Um, take a couple more questions, then we'll break down this upcoming game. Josh Wyatt says Jimmy will be back for the wild card regardless of his body because his next contract depends on it. How do you protect him from himself here? Well, there's one other theory that if he comes back too early, he could break it again, and then he wouldn't, and then he wouldn't be healthy for free agency and cost himself a lot of money. So, not sure if he wants to push it. You know, yeah, not sure if he wants to push it. He'll have to. Maybe it's just it behooves him to like look healthy, be like, hey, I'm on the sideline. I'm wearing a hat and a jersey, but I can't actually play. Sydney, thank you. Flave, been waiting. Would love to see Jimmy go to the Lions. They are going to be good soon, thanks to the Stafford trade. Also can get out of Goff's contract this year. Is Jimmy better than Goff? Well, that's what I was going to I mean. It, <laughs> is that an upgrade? I mean, like. I'm not what, doing I, that. I'm not doing. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do that. They already have Jimmy Garoppolo. They yeah. have not so handsome Jimmy. Already have him. All right, last topic. Now his girl, you know what I'm saying? She kind of cool, you know, so she might think different. Goffs, I don't. Girl. I haven't seen his girls. I take yeah, it I back. Sorry. I take it back. All right, fair enough. The Niners are playing the Bucks this weekend. Um, two really good defenses. Well, one great defense, one good defense. Uh, one all-time great quarterback, and Brock Purdy. How you see this one? What what intrigues you about this matchup? And how do you see it playing out? I I say the thing that intrigues me off bat is the the Bucking offense. They're not good. And they have these receivers who I'm not sure. And again, they won a Super Bowl with, with these guys, for sure. But I think as you know, far as what's consistent, they are a lot different than what uh, Tom Brady is used to having. And mm. then when you kind of combine that with their offensive line struggles, you talk about 49ers offensive line, 10 base offensive line is worse. And, uh, Way worse. They are, they are bad. Their so left tackle, quarterback oh, that, that typically wants to get the ball out of his hands right now. He likes to play with timing and rhythm. I remember when I was with the Jets and we were in that AFC East. Uh, we we're going over film and stuff, and they're talking about Tom Brady, and it's like, hey, the longer in the downs, the, the worse he plays. He wants to get the ball out of his hands right now, right? So knowing that, but then you got these guys that it takes them a little bit longer, right? Julio Jones, he ain't prime. Julio Jones, Mike right. Evans, he. Guys are they're effective, but it isn't, it's not. They're not open right now the way Edelman right. was, the way Welker Google was, or Godwin, Yeah, you know, and yeah. it's like okay, but he's still not that right now. So it's like okay, did we yeah. depend on Scotty Miller to be that? I like Scotty Miller, they have but thrown a lot yeah. more to yeah. the running back positions. But I think those yeah. are things that definitely work more so in the 49ers' favor. Going up against an offensive line that's not good, uh, going up against a receiver core who's not really uh, 
more as dynamic, right, or yeah. difficult to cover, like maybe uh, uh, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and those type yeah. of guys. So I think this is a, definitely a favorable matchup for the 49ers. So I, now I take it to the 49ers offense, which is mm. just don't turn the ball over. You got a young guy. You know, they're, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at them. I think the Miami Dolphins try to do that. I think Brock Purdy handled it extremely well. Now, do it again. Don't do that weird thing he did when he rolled out right, then threw the ball across the field to Brandon Ayuk. And don't do that, okay? <laughs> uh, play yeah, within the context that. of the offense. Make a play here and there. If it's not there, throw it away. Just don't turn the ball over. And I think the 49ers win. Yeah, you know, the thing that concerns me about the Niners, you brought it up in the last segment, talking about the free rushers. Like, Kyle has to find a solution to that. And I don't want to hear that the solution is throw it down the middle to George Kittle while taking a hit in the face. Like, that's not sustainable. He's not that big. And even if he were, it's not sustainable. There needs to be quick outlet hot routes that he can hit without taking hits. And if, because like, look, I mean, Todd Bowles is great. He's looking at what the Dolphins did and he's like, oh, okay, I, I can do that. I can get free rushers. Let's see. Let's do it early. Let's press the issue and let's see if Kyle's found the answers and let's see if this kid's ready. And maybe they have, but I have a feeling Todd Bowles is going to find out pretty damn fast. That's what I would do. That's how I would it works. Go in there. That would be my plan. We're going to throw the sink at him. And if he <sighs> handles that well, then okay, we'll adjust. Back off. Um, yeah. To like, all right, these are things we're going to do. And maybe we're going to make him now. We're going to rush four, which they have a solid front line. They got uh, Vita Vey. Hopefully the 49ers can run into that. That's a big guy up the middle. But our, then we could drop back and play coverage and make him be more precise. Now, let's see if he does that well. And if he does, awesome. Like, you know, okay, it's going to be a dogfight. But uh, if I'm them, I definitely would try to see. Because you don't know, right? No, nobody really knows, you know, how he can handle, you know, certain things. And the 49ers trying to figure that out. <laughs> Tampa Bay and uh, Seahawks, who will be the 49ers opponent next Thursday, they're trying to figure it out. Everybody's trying to figure it out. So uh, I think that would be very interesting to see. Speaking of Vita Vea, it seems like he's the kind of D lineman that sort of takes over the Niners' O-line the fourth quarter of big games. Chris Jones, Aaron Donald. Now, the Niners had success against Aaron Donald, but you know what I mean? Like, in those meltdowns in the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl, it was a lot of not being able to block that one dominant D-tackle who's yeah. destroying you. And you had him the rest of the season, but you can't, like, you're a little tired, and, and all of a sudden you're getting outclassed. Vita Vea is damn good. So I'd like to see how the Niners handle him, and I think Chris Forster would like to see it too. He's so honest. Do you watch his press conferences? Nah. They're interesting. I recommend them. They're good. D'Amico's are good too, but Chris Forrester is um he's like he's like an older Mike McDaniel. He'll just go and you'll be like, oh, damn, I didn't know that. Anyway. Niners secondary or T B secondary, who wins the battle? Uh 49ers secondary today. Today, yeah. <laughs> A lot of interesting. Yeah, but in I don't know if they, how good their secondary is. I mean they got some names back there. They got some guys that I like for Jamel sure. Jamel Dean? I don't know. Now again, I haven't I see every snap of the 49ers guys. I don't see every snap of Tampa Bay secondary. I have watched them over the years. So I have kind of have like this 16 game sample size over three years mm -hmm. of how I view them. And I think uh, 24, nice. Uh, Dean can be had. Uh, I, I like uh, uh, the son of the, the, the corner, Winfield, Winfield Jr. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's a playmaker and, you know, we'll see who, who plays, but yeah. Well, if they don't play, that's also good for the Niners. The other thing is Nick Bosa. Don't know if he's going to play. Uh, hasn't practiced yet. We'll see if he practices today. Today's a, a walkthrough. So if he can't practice for a walkthrough, that's a bad sign. I mean, the thing with Bosa is they're calling it hamstring irritation, which essentially is not information. Is it a hamstring pull? We don't know. They went super vague. So, it could be nothing. 
It could be something. We'll find out. Do you think they can win without him? I think it'd be a little difficult. You look at last game. Yeah, the 49ers defensive line is good when, when is. they're all clicking. I'd say they, they are carried more times than not by Nick Bosa. Yeah. And if you have if you take away the guy that takes so much attention, right? Like they, they you know, again, we talk about the chipping and everything that they do, the attention that offices pay to him, and now they can just play a little bit more freely because there is no Nick Bosa. I think that would be a huge strain on the 49ers defense. So yeah. uh you you need Bosa, especially against Tom Brady. Yeah, I just don't see how the, the Bucks offense can function if Bosa's on the field. Like they're only healthy starting offense alignment is Donovan Smith, who sucks. Sorry, Donovan. I mean, you can't block Nick Bosa. You probably give up two sacks and two holding penalties against Bosa. I mean, anytime the the Bucs would have to throw, I'd be like, well, here comes Bosa. I mean, this isn't going to work. So without him, it seems like it's more of an even matchup. And I don't know. I kind of expect him to play. But again, I have no idea the nature of the injury. The Niners aren't really telling. We'll find out, I guess. What do you expect? Think he plays? I, it feels like he's playing. Feels like he's going to play, right? I would yeah, think. Feels like he's play. All right, that's the end of the show. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for being here, Croc. Anything oh, you want to tell the people about what you got going on? The oh, people. man, uh, Locked on 49ers. And myself and my co-host, Brian Peacock, come at you five days a week. And, uh, man, shout out to all the faithful that already listened to it. We are the number one show on the network, and that's been the case for, like, pretty much the past couple years. Where I mean, there's a lot of shows on that network, and we are consistently at the top. Uh, so shout out to the 49 faithful man, big time fan base. Uh, they big they draw you know big numbers for us, especially for a daily podcast uh, for us to get as many listens as we do. I think we're over four or five million this year, five million or something like that. So beautiful, yeah. So beautiful. Shout out, to, shout out to the faithful. Yeah, and I that's don't mean just to... that's just the audio. That's not including YouTube. So I think that would add like another million or something like that. So shout out to everybody that. Listen to this. Yeah, you got to love that there's a huge uh, audience on YouTube, too. I'm about to hit 80 million. Love this place. 80 million, baby. The powerful one says, what you need to remember with Bosa and him not practicing is that they have to play Thursday night football next week in Seattle. Short week. Don't want to burn out your guys in practice. Good idea. Good idea. Be careful with them. Cap protests scared the organization. Scarred, scared, scarred, scarred, maybe. Maybe. Scarred, yeah. Yeah, I can't read. Thanks for uh, watching, everyone. I'll be back. This afternoon with a Bucks content creator to find out a little bit more about Tampa. See you guys.